Section 22 of Lay Down Your Arms. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lay Down Your Arms by Bertha von Suttner. Translated by Timothy Holmes. Chapter 6, Part 2. On our return from our tour, we went to a small Moravian city, the fortress of Olmutz, where Frederick's regiment lay in garrison. There was no opportunity for social intercourse in the neighborhood, so we too lived in complete retirement, with the exception of the hours given up to duty. He as lieutenant colonel with his dragoons, I as a mother with my Rudolph. We gave ourselves up to each other only. The necessary ceremonial calls and return calls had been exchanged with the ladies of the regiment, but I could not lend myself to any intimate acquaintance. It did not amuse me in the least to go to afternoon tea-parties and hear stories about servant-maids and the gossip of the town. And Frederick held off quite as far from the gambling-parties of the colonel and the drinking-bouts of the officers. We had something better to do. The world in which we moved, when we sat in the evening by the boiling tea-kettle, was worlds away from the world of Ulamot's society. Worlds away, often in a literal sense, for some of the favorite excursions of our spirit were directed towards the firmament. For we often read together scientific works and instructed ourselves in the wonders of the formation of the world. In this way we penetrated into the depths of the world's center, and the heights of the heavenly spaces. In this way we explored the secrets of the infinite minuteness revealed by the microscope and the infinite distances of the telescope, and by how much the wider the universe expanded before our gaze, by so much did the affairs of the Olmutz circle shrink into narrower dimensions. Our readings did not confine themselves to the natural sciences, but embraced many other branches of inquiry and thought. Thus I took up, among other things, my favorite buckle, for the third time, to make Frederick acquainted with that author whom he admired quite as much as I did, and at the same time we did not neglect the poets or novelists, and so our evening readings together became real feasts of the mind, while the rest of our existence, besides, was a continual feast of the heart. Every day we became more fond of each other. As passion cooled in its flame, affection increased in its intimacy and respect in its steadfastness. The relations between Frederick and Rudolph were a source of delight to me. The two were the best friends in the world, and to see them playing together was charming. Frederick was, if anything, the more childish of the two. Of course I joined in the game at once, and all the nonsense that we acted and said at these times we hoped the wise and learned men would forgive us, whose works we read when Rudolph had been put to bed. Frederick, it is true, maintained that apart from him he was not very fond of children, but in the first place the little boy was the son of his Martha, and in the next he was really such a dear good little fellow, and suited his stepfather so wonderfully. We often laid plans for the boy's future. A soldier? No, he should have no aptitude for it, since in our scheme of education there would be no drilling him into a love for military glory. A diplomatist? perhaps, but most likely a country gentleman, as heir presently to the Dotsky estate, which must come to him on the death of Arno's uncle, 
now sixty-six years old, he would have sufficient business in managing his possessions properly. Then he might take his little bride, Beatrix, to himself, and live happily. We ourselves were so happy that he would gladly have seen all the world, I and future generations too, assured of the treasures of all life's joys. Yet we did not shut our eyes to the misery in which the greater part of mankind was groaning, and in which for some generations, at any rate, they must continue to groan. Poverty, ignorance, want of freedom, exposed to so many dangers and ills, and among these ills the most dreadful of all, war. Ah, could one contribute anything towards warding it off? This wish often sprang with groans from our hearts, but the contemplation of the prevailing circumstances and views was enough to discourage us and make us feel that it was impossible. Alas, the beautiful dream that for everyone it might be well with them and they might live long upon the earth could not be fulfilled, at least not at present. The pessimist theory, however, that life itself is an evil, that it would have been better for everyone if he had never been born, that was radically refuted by our own lot. At Christmas we undertook an excursion to Vienna in order to spend the holidays in the circle of my family. My father was now fully reconciled to Frederick. The fact that the latter had not quitted the army had chased away his former doubts and suspicions. That I had made a bad match remained indeed the conviction both of my father and Aunt Mary, but on the other hand, they could not help perceiving the fact that my husband made me very happy, and then they reckoned in his favor. Rosa and Lily were sorry that they would have to go into the world next carnival not under my supervision, but the much more severe one of their aunt. Conrad Althus was still, as before, a constant visitor at the house, and I could see, I thought, that he had made progress in Lily's graces. Christmas Eve turned out very gay. A great Christmas tree was lighted up, and all kinds of presents were exchanged between one and the other. The king of the feast, and the one who had the most presents, was, of course, my son Rudolf, but all the others were thought of. Amongst the rest, Frederick got one from me, at the sight of which he could not repress a cry of joy. It was a silver letterweight in the form of a stork. In its bill it held a slipper paper on which, in my writing, were the words, I'm bringing you something in the summer of 1864. Frederick embraced me warmly. If the others had not been there, he would certainly have waltzed round the room with me. End of section 22